You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I am Grant Goldberg, joined by Spike Friedman, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna do the good place today. We we hinted at that on the last show we recorded, but uh, we're gonna do the good place, and we're gonna talk a, a little bit more about Seahawks stuff. I know that is more NFL oriented in the last couple of shows, but there's some Seahawks stuff to talk about, which is very good. I'm excited, Spike. Uh, being as excited as I am, I don't know if, you know, you can match the excitement. I can't. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm coming out, I'm fresh off a of birthday, you know, I'm still pumped, I'm still amped, and so I'm ready to go. Grant is now 17 years old, he's ready for anything, he's almost able to smoke, so, but don't smoke, it's bad for you, Grant. It's bad, so I've heard. <laughs> but, it's not good but for I you. can see rated R movies now. Yeah, it's all it's all looking up from here. But you can uh, shave. Oh was yeah, illegal for you to shave before. I don't know the legality of it, but uh, I don't either. I I'm don't not either. looking forward to that. No. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm 21 years old. I can use all the sponsors that we've been dropping on the on the show all season. So it's exciting times around here on the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Uh, but most recently, I think we'll start with. Uh, Cam Chancellor's contract was fully guaranteed, yeah. which uh, which ties up the Seahawks in, in, in cap space. You know, they're already strapped for cash, and it was more of a likely thing to happen, not really surprising. And so it provides a little more clarity. He, he intends to play, but, you know, it's a long road back for Cam. And uh, as you said, as you said before the show started, that kind of sucks. <laughs> well, I mean... It, the the contract that we gave Cam was maybe ill-advised. Um, he is a little old. His performance while healthy was solid, but the I, it's good that Cam is getting paid. I mean, look, it, it's unfortunate from a salary cap perspective for the team, but it's not like Paul, Paul Allen needs that money. Like, it might as well go to Cam Chancellor from that perspective. Right. So good on Cam to get paid. His contract was injury guaranteed. He'll end up getting... Six, eight million more. uh, That's the number I saw, I think. Got it. 6.8 million. So, yeah. So, like, a good amount of money. Good chunk of change for Cam Chancellor. Obviously, if he can play and chooses to play, uh, that's great. You know, that's nice. And I believe this cap hit was going to come at some point. We would have been able to prorate it if he had retired. But under this situation, like, uh, you know, I mean, look, if if. You know, uh, who am I to tell Cam Chancellor what to do? That's the real question. Who am I to tell Cam Chancellor what to do? I mean, I think you're just a football fan from this. Just a guy. (laughs) Just a guy with a mediocre podcast mic that, and I'm sitting in front of my computer, you know, telling Cam Chancellor what to do. He's great. He can do whatever he wants. So. You know, and in this case, it may it makes sense for him if there's any chance he's going to play again to you know get get this injury guaranteed money rather than retire. Like yeah, and in a sport like this, you always want to see the guys get their money, and there should be more guaranteed money around the league. Yeah. But uh, 
as as strapped for cash as the Seahawks were, you know, it, it's unfortunate that you know so much room is taken up. But at the same it's time, it's unfortunate like, that like being a quote unquote smart fan means that you're rooting against the players. Right. Paid. That's exactly. a bummer. Uh, uh, like self-proclaimed cap experts and and yeah, smarter fans, like you're saying, uh, it kind of takes away from the human aspect of the game. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, like from the start, you want to root for these guys, and you have rooted for them, and then just to flip a switch, and when they're guaranteed some money, oh wait, you know, like no, they shouldn't get the money. So you know, it's it's a flippy floppy thing. And it is know, a flippy floppy. If, thing. if you if you want if you want to just you know be positive about it, you know, a good guy is getting paid. Yeah, exactly. So, and, like, the ramifications are going to be interesting for the Seahawks. Like, on the one hand, the safety position is a big question mark. On the other hand, it's a big question mark, but that is not all downside. We don't really know what we have in Tedrick Thompson and Delano Hill. Exactly. Uh, So, it's possible that if Cam doesn't play, we're actually okay. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully this isn't a chain reaction that leads to Earl Thomas being gone, but, but yeah, whatever. We'll see. No, there's I don't a know, long man. Season has to play out, play out. And, uh, like you said, we don't know what we have in Tedrick Thompson or Delano Hill. And, you know, who knows? They could step up and be big time contributors or they can fall flat on their faces. But, you know, the Seahawks do have to, you know, go through another draft. And I think, like we said, this is a very important draft to, you know, bolster up that depth the depth that we sorely needed really almost everywhere on the team and uh yeah i think that we're gonna have a lot more clarity and a lot more you know ideas of what's gonna go down with the safety position you know after march or april yeah yeah and then uh should we dive into the other injury talk i think we should but after this break right now Ooh, it's a cliffhanger (laughs) all right uh stay tuned Welcome back to more Locked on Seahawks. You're with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. As always, uh, we're the mainstays on this podcast. You know, there's only been one episode without Spike when he abandoned me for the woods. He was uh, to uh, make a, let's see, to make a reference, a man of the woods, like the Super Super Bowl halftime show. But uh, I, I digress. Richard Sherman has been a mainstay on these, you know, Legion of Boom era Seahawks. Uh, he's really the face of this defense for a long time, among other faces like Earl Thomas. And uh, he, sh- he provided a little bit of an update on his health, being that he should be ready for training camp, he says. Yeah, uh, coming back from an Achilles is not the over-a-year sort of injury that it was in the past. It is the sort of thing where... You'd expect him to play next year. There's questions about at the cornerback position, the ways in which that could specifically sap agility and speed and whether that'll affect him, force him to reduce his skills, force him to maybe move to safety. Right. Who knows? Yeah, being able to plant and, and stuff like that. In terms of week one, it's not really a surprise that he's able to play. The idea of him being ready at the start of training camp that is an accelerated timeline. Uh, hopefully, you know, he plays it safe, doesn't risk a re-injury. That said, an Achilles healing up, that's a good big old ten. I mean, that's the thing. is It's a huge tendon to tear, but it is so big that once it heals, 
you can re-injure it, but it's not as risky as like a knee or something along those lines. Uh, who knows? I'm now I'm right. just saying like conventional wisdom about Achilles tears. I don't know how he's specifically healing. It's good. Basically, it's good news that there's no setbacks. That said, Richard Sherman will be his own agent going forward, exactly. which is going to be interesting. What are your thoughts on that, Grant? Well, we saw it with uh, Russell Kung uh, when he hit free agency, and I think he got like what was it a, a, like a one million dollar deal that was like that had a bunch of incentives on health, and so I think you know I don't think we're gonna see like a carbon copy of that, but you know it's Sherm's definitely banking on himself returning from this injury and being able to play like he's played in the past, yeah. but uh, there's there's a lot of question marks going forward. Like you said, is he gonna, you know, have to change up his playing style or even switch positions given, you know, how he recovers from this injury? I know it's tough to plant uh, on your foot and and like you said, cut and and do all that sort of stuff. It, it's just we talked about a good guy getting paid, and yeah. and the, this kind of move it, it kind of puts that in jeopardy for Richard Sherman because he's definitely deserving of money. Although that said, Okung's first contract while he represented himself didn't go great, but then his most recent contract has been excellent for him and for Los Angeles where he's currently playing. That's worked out really well for both sides. So, yeah. you know, it, it's something that it's something that Sherman will have to kind of figure out as he goes like Okung did, you know, between his first and second contracts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it doesn't come up this year. Like, Sherm is under contract. Uh, if he is recovering and playing at even 85% of his previous level, he is worth that contract to the Seahawks right now, you could argue. So, you know, hopefully he doesn't have to worry about negotiating that this year. Right. And uh, hopefully, no, I, obviously we're fans of the team, we're fans of Richard Sherman. We hope that he can recover and, you know, return to playing the kind of football that he's played over his career with the Seahawks, or at least close to, because he is getting up there in age, and people recover from injuries differently, you know, as they, you know, get older, but uh, I hope he does for his sake, because if he didn't, and he had to step away from the game, uh, I don't think he should pursue esports of any kind, because he was streaming Fortnite, uh, and he was not very good at all. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. We see we see a bunch of like pro athletes. Uh, for an example, Carl Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, all his Snapchat feed is is him getting victories on Fortnite, and then you know, we see Richard Sherman struggling to stay alive. So, well, Sherm, and I just want to say this: Sherman's a little closer to my age, and Carl Anthony Towns is a little closer to your age. I played, you know, I played my share of first person shooters, especially on a computer coming up. As a you know high schooler, played some Counter Strike back in the day, played some Halo on three on Xbox and then 360, but haven't kept up with it. If you were to drop me into a PUBG or a Fortnite situation now, I'd be in a world of hurt, a world of hurt. It would take me a while to get it back. It's just not instinctive the way it was when I was 17 years old. Right, yeah, it's it's kind of a everybody from themselves uh, kind of deal, especially in solo games. So yeah, you know, it, it's it's game, definitely game tum- done past Richard Sherman by. <laughs> I think that uh, yeah, I, Richard Sherman I feel is more of like a Madden guy or like a, a NBA two K yeah. rather than first person shooter. 
but uh, yeah, I'll say my first online first person shooter was Quake Two, so that that dates me. Mm. I, I feel like I vaguely like recognize that name, but not very what? very much. Well, I mean, Quake Three was a big. Well, it's the guys who made Doom. It was mm. their next game was Quake, and then two was online, and three was bigger online, and then they went back to making Dooms or whatever. It was a whole thing. Yeah. This is good. This is a great football <laughs> this podcast. Is what people want to hear. Right, we're talking about first-person shooters and online uh, esports and video games. So yeah, it's it's kind of a mixed bag here at Locked On Seahawks. But we're gonna compose ourselves, get back on topic, and then come right back to you after this break. Welcome back to the final portion of today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. You're with Brent Goldberg and Spike Friedman still, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a scenario. Like, say you weren't with me and spike and we died and we go to a good place or a bad place Uh spike which which place would you make it into if you had to guess add up all the things that you've done in your life bad place bad Bad place place. (laughs) obvious not close i i mean look based on the show which you guys should be watching nbc's the good place it is for my money one of the best comedies on tv period Almost certainly the best network live action comedy out there right now, and and Spike, you know, carries a good word with that. You know, he's a, he's an esteemed critic in my eyes. But uh, you know, like you think about it, you know, we're two guys with a podcast recording from our respected homes and uh, sending it out to the masses. So you know, that has to count against us. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So we we're two white guys with a podcast, so we're already in the bad place. Right, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's just like, uh, if you watch the show, there's a, a particular character, I'm blanking on the name, but she lived a bad life, and then did one good thing before she died, and was sent to the middle place. Oh, yeah, yeah, We could We could have lived, yeah, we could have lived a really good life, but having this podcast right now sends us to the bad place, automatically. Yep, yep. But uh, we're going we're gonna to put a Seahawks spin on it, we're going to think of, you know, who would make it to the good and bad place. And uh, right away, good place, number one slot, Cliff Averill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, for all the work he does, we, we talk about the work that he does in the community, in, in, you know, in Seattle, and even in Haiti with all the houses he's built and the impact that he has on the community. Really deserving of a, of a good place spot, in my eyes. Yeah, and the good place is through season two now. So I'll just say, in in the context of season one, right. he's sort of a fake Eleanor, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's real. So, he's almost real too good. Oh, re- well, yeah, real, real. But well, they're, but yeah, exactly. Look, this is watch a bit the good from- place. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Spike. Uh, have you thought of anybody? Yeah. Oh, I've got one. Russell Wilson, bad place. Ooh. Okay. I can't oh, wait no. to hear about this. Now. Now you've got so he Russell Wilson to me is the midpoint of a Chidi and a Tahani. He's yes. out there with celebrities, you know. He's always smiling, putting on a good face, but you know he's doing it. He's doing it for himself. He's doing it for his ego. He's doing it to please his parents. We know that's the case. Uh, we know he's all about pleasing the honor, honoring the memory of his father, much as Tahani is all about pleasing her parents. And then also, when Wilson's in the pocket, sometimes he holds onto the ball too long. Classic cheaty indecisiveness. Yep. Russell Wilson doomed to the bad place. 
All right, I can see that. There's there's steady logic in that. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over the. I'm just gonna stay with the defensive line. I'm gonna put Michael Bennett in the good place as well, because yeah. uh, you know he's you know it's been you know well documented all the work he does with social activism and you know the work he does in the community. And I think you know he's a lock for the good place. So you know if you know those are the two locks in my mind on the Seahawks defensive line. Frank Clark, bad place. Yeah, well, we could leave that one. Yeah, That's no, a, I'm not, not going to revisit uh, that one. <laughs> I'm going to put I'm going to put uh, Luke Wilson in the bad place because of his love of techno music. Reminds me of uh, noted Jason. Jaguars fan mm-hmm. Jason Mendoza. Exactly. Although he is Canadian, which means that he does have the capacity to earn his way into the medium place. I feel like a Canadian is more likely to end up in the medium place than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So. For him, he is bad place, but he's not necessarily damned as of yet. He could bring it up. Right. Now, if he's stuck in the medium place, I feel like one of the stipulations would be, yeah, he can listen to all the techno music that he wants, but it's like really bad techno music, which yeah. might be redundant. Yeah. Uh, I also want to put J- Jermaine Fetty in the bad place for just constantly letting Russell Wilson get murdered. Right. No, that's that's Russell Wilson's torture in the bad place. Just having Jermaine Fetty <laughs> try to block for him in the bad yep. place. Yeah. All right. That's that's suitable. Let's see. I feel like I feel like I'm, actually, I'm heavy you know with. The... I'm going to throw this out there. Jermaine Fetty's bad place is having Russell Wilson block for him <laughs> against demons who are then tackling him. So I think it works both ways there. All right. Uh, let's see. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a, a hypothetical. Say nope. Daryl Bevel was still on the Seahawks staff. Would he be in the okay. good place or bad place? Ooh. Uh, I think he's in the bad place. But I think he has the capacity to earn his way out if given a second chance. And the reason I think he's in the bad place, and and it's interesting, because I think Pete Carroll would end up in the bad place for similar reasons. Right. And it's that they both have... They, they've the way in which they take responsibility for that last Super Bowl call, Super Bowl uh, 49. For me, that is like fake taking responsibility. They didn't really reconsider and take seriously the mistake they made, they just sort of anger barreled through it. And I think that that level or absence of introspection is the sort of thing that dooms you to the bad place. You know what? I think that's a fair case. Uh, a fair case. But again, to bring if up. they were to rethink that and really repent, they could earn their way back into the good place. Yeah, I feel that one. Let's see. Just uh, without without much explanation, Tyler Lockett, good place. Okay. Uh, Jimmy sure. Graham, that's a tough one. Yeah, he's going to a bad place. He's, Come on. I feel on? like the Seahawks. It, it's kind of a heavy heavy balance of bad place. Uh, let's see, John Schneider. Well, no, okay, so it should be clear for people who don't watch the show. Like ninety nine percent of people end up in the bad. Place. Yes, actually, yeah. So we the fact that we, we have any yeah. Seahawks in, the fact that we've already got like three or four in, and maybe more if they repent, you know, that bodes well. That says the Seahawks are an above average group. Yeah, I feel like you know, weighted against any other football team, you know, we're looking pretty good. I think. Uh, I think we should stop right there. Honestly. Okay. Because, is there anyone, you know, I'm just thinking Doug Baldwin's probably angry enough to end up in the bad place, even though I love him. 
Marshawn Lynch. Ooh. I want I, with all my heart. I want to put him in the good place. Yeah. Again, you have to take into account. Right. Yeah. I, th- oh. I don't know. He is. He wasn't an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is co-created by the creator of the Good Place, Michael Schur. So he might be able to use his connections to get into the Good Place. You know, just just for the sake of you know me wanting them to be in there, I'll put them in. I'll. I'll, I'll turn a blind eye to you know whatever whatever would keep him out. Ever but, drinking and driving and then putting up a red velvet rope around his car when he parks it. He's a weirdo. He's Love a weirdo, him. but in the best way. And I think uh, this is a pretty weird podcast, but in a really good way. And uh, if you think if you agree with us and you think this is a good podcast, you know, tell us that in the form of an iTunes <laughs> iTunes review. Uh, leave your Twitter handle in it. You'll be able to be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge membership. Uh, there's no NFL games, obviously, but you can play some NBA games on Draft.com. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think we'll come back to you one more time this week. We're going to tone it down because you know there's not a lot of talk to talk about. So when we come to you with content, you know we want to make sure you know the oh, show. Oh, it's going to be packed. the best, the best content. All right, so for the Locked on Seahawks podcast, I'm Grant Goldberg signing off. And I'm Spike Friedman, also signing off.